Yeah, so first and foremost is self-awareness, right? We have to know who we are as a leader and we have to get out of our own way. I, I struggled with this until about a year 11. I, um, there were days I probably would have told you I was the best leader, but there was most days where I wasn't. And there was a you know perpetual motion or a revolving door of people and clients at times when we were scaling, it wasn't pretty. And so, you know, growth can just not be, not be that sexy and it can be really, really hard. And it was about year 11 that I had somebody walk into my life and just say, hey, let me just kind of show you what kind of leader you are and made me look in the mirror and changed my life. And I started, you know, one, becoming self-aware of what my weaknesses were and where I needed to hire for my strength. Hello, Fempreneurs. Welcome back. Or if this is your first time listening to the Fempreneur podcast, buckle up. This is a powerful one. For those of you who are looking for a dose of momentum in building your business, or if you're getting ready to start a new business, this episode has tons of wisdom that's going to save you time and energy. Um, My guest today is Jess Stewart. Let's dive in. I'm actually from a ranching background, um, cow-calf operation in the mountains. I was raised by Marine Corps dad. So what I started doing in life and what I ended up doing in life were two different things. And that was a large gap. And so really what did happen in my life probably shouldn't have based on just where my trajectory probably should have gone being a child. But anyway, I, um, that's how I was raised. And it just really instilled a work ethic in me that I liked, I liked to work. I liked to solve problems and it, it, It took me a while to figure out there was just an itch that I couldn't scratch with being at home and being in that valley. I loved it, right? had great parents, great childhood, all of that. But there was just something over that mountain for me and and a different journey. And about 18 is when I realized that I wanted to leave there and and kind of expand and spread my wings. And what it ended up being was the entrepreneurial bug. I just loved solving problems. I loved going out on my own. I loved pioneering. It wasn't anything that scared me. And so the why behind I started my business was the journey of how I got there. And that was, you know, just really kind of making my way through college. And most of us just don't really know what we're going to do at that time in life. And and I graduated college, went on to be a school teacher, which is weird, but <laughs> loved it. And then moved to a town that didn't have teaching jobs. And we moved to a town that um, required two incomes. And we were very, I mean, poor. We were two young kids and we had two young babies and we needed to make two, two incomes. And so I started a medical billing company with that premise of one income, two, staying home and raising my kids. It was going to allow me to to do that. And so I started this company out of my house. I'll stop there until you ask me what happened next, but that was how and why it got started. Yeah. I'd love to know what happened next. I'm curious to know why you went into the medical field specifically. Was there someone you met that mentioned there was a need there or how did you come to starting that particular business? Yeah, it was a start. It was honestly over a glass of wine with my mom one night with some friends of, um, uh, of ours that were starting kind of this as like a spinoff type business and they needed some help. So I actually started there and then I ended up going out on my own. But, um, you know, I had no healthcare background. I had, I didn't know what a CPT code was. I knew nothing. But what I, what I did figure out was that I was really good at solving problems. And I was really good at solving problems for physicians from a technical standpoint and building out really robust, remote, connected 
um, systems and processes in a very disparate war, uh, disparate kind of um, non-cohesive environment. And so I started building those those transparent processes as well as producing the revenue cycle management for them. Um, so that's how it got started, and I just figured out that I was really, really good at it. And you must have seen problems happening within these medical practices. Like you, you, you must have kind of got inside the inner workings of knowing these people that were running these businesses um, to to launch you into working with business owners exclusively. Or am I making oh. that up? I feel like there must have been some sort of you saw this need within these medical practices. Yeah, is that what happened or? So it's definitely, it's a big red ocean, right? It was a very competitive landscape, competitive environment. Everybody and their mother was doing medical billing. But what I saw was it was something for me, like I said, easy to do at home. But when I got in there and I started seeing that um, these physicians really needed help with, I mean, we were back in the day of taking a scheduling system and it was the old paper books where they were flipping it and writing it. And I was like, hey, they make software for that now, right? There's technology that can help. And so I started hosting practice management softwares for physician offices while I was doing the billing. And that was a huge differentiator for me. That's what started really kind of the perpetual um, forward momentum of scaling was differentiating myself away from my competition. And that was one of the biggest pieces was hosting practice management softwares. And that was just like, man, it solved a huge problem, a huge need. It made us very popular. It was very hard. It wasn't easy, um, but it, it, it helped us scale. So the key re reason why you started this business was money, which we all need yeah. that, totally understandable. Yeah. And then at what point did you start to kind of feel really passionate about this business and kind of feel like you were being called in a specific direction to serve a specific niche? Like what, what's that story? You know, it was kind of right away. That's a great question, but it was right away. I figured out like, man, one, I liked I liked the math of it. I liked the challenge of it. It wasn't scary to me. It wasn't something that I didn't think I could figure out. And I saw that there was something that I could do to scale it. And so I just kept growing it. I started hosting practice management softwares. Um, I moved that company out of my house and into my first um, office, which was an industrial space. And it was for 25 cents a square foot. And a motorcycle shop had been living there. And I didn't care. I said, hey, I'll take it. And so my first five employees and I built that out from the ground up. And we figured out that when we moved those big servers in there and we started solving more problems, we were able to become more efficient as well. So we just kept going. And that's really where my passion kicked in. I was like, man, I love this. I can see where I need to go with this. So I started hosting more and more. And I started, I started closing that gap of what the physicians were dealing with in that disparate type world. And they were able to see what we were doing live. Um, and it just solved a huge, huge problem. And it just, I mean, it would just hockey stick growth from there on out. And what it did for us is it allowed us to be in a perfect position when the um, electronic medical record boom came, we were able to host the EMR for our physicians now where most of our competition couldn't. And mm -hmm. so that was really the next scale and where we went um, into a national expansion. And so we left the city where we had been founded and started a national expansion in Denver and booted up a, a big office there and then eventually an international expansion. So we had 150 employees overseas when I sold. 
Wow, this yeah. is incredible. I love this. Like I'm I'm kind of a, a bit of a redneck, not not saying you are, but I, I grew up in the northern part of Canada. <laughs> not on a farm like you, but I did spend a lot of time on my friends' farms and I had a horse and I had a four H steer and um and I kind of consider myself to have um kind of have all those different facets to who I am, the country girl and I love, you know horses and camping and all that outdoorsy stuff but I also you know run a business and I'm very tech savvy and all that kind of stuff so it's really cool to talk to someone else um who you know really I think took that way further and you grew this massive tech company and you sold it so when did you sell that company 15 years later um and I sold it to my largest customer who, I mean, I wasn't planning for an exit. I wasn't necessarily even ready for an exit. That's actually, you know, something that I do coach now is preparing and getting ready for it. But we were very successful in that ex exit. Um, we were bought by our largest customer, like I said, but we were um, purchased for our processes and our ability to solve their problems. We were something that they needed, and it was it was just a very successful acquisition. Wow. That's, that's impressive. That's so cool. Yeah. I'm just so excited to be meeting you and to be able to learn from you today and to share this with other fempreneurs. So thank you for taking the time to share your story. Of course. Um, regarding um, team collaboration and playing to your strength, strengths as a business owner or a team leader, what are some of the key things that you feel yourself um, or you hear yourself saying over and over again to people? Like, what are some of those really common um, tips or tricks or even hurdles that you help people jump over? Yeah, so first and foremost is self-awareness, right? We have to know who we are as a leader and we have to get out of our own way. I, I struggled with this until about a year 11. I um, There were days I probably would have told you I was the best leader, but there was most days where I wasn't. And there was a you know perpetual motion or a revolving door of people and clients at times when we were scaling, it wasn't pretty. And so, you know, growth can just not be not be that sexy and it can be really, really hard. And it was about year 11 that I had somebody walk into my life and just say, hey, let me just kind of show you what kind of leader you are and made me look in the mirror and changed my life. And I started, you know, one, becoming self-aware of what my weaknesses were and where I needed to hire for my strengths. So number two is people. And I teach this and I find this today is you've got to be able to surround yourself with the right people. If you do not have the right people from a vendor standpoint, um, from a, you know, a leadership team standpoint of who you're growing your business with, you won't be able to scale. Mm -hmm. um, and then and the third thing is culture. You know, what type of culture are you embedding into your organization? What's your vision? Where are you going? What's your North Star? If you don't have that articulated out of your head to the people surrounding you, you'll never be able to get past that. And so, You'll never be able to grow. And that was probably one of my biggest learning lessons looking back is that I wish that I had been better at that. Mm. Really interesting. And so in year 11, you still didn't necessarily have that goal that here's where I'm going. Here's what I want. And then someone came into your world and helped you identify that and clarify that. Is that kind of what you were saying? No, I had it but I had it in here I hadn't articulated it and I hadn't spelled it out to my team appropriately okay. so I would gain this just daily frustration of why my team wasn't executing why the you know and by now we were a large company um, and so I just constant headwinds and it was when I had this realization that it was me <laughs> you know and and when I had this realization is when life got easier and then I surrounded myself with people that I was able to now empower versus restrict. Okay. That's that's awesome.
I'm curious to know, like, let's fast forward to today, what yeah. your life looks like today. You know, you sold your massive company. Um, you must have, you know, had to do some, <laughs> some pivoting of what you're going to do day to day after that. Um, or yeah. did you stay working in the company for a while after you sold it? Oh, it was a huge pivot and it was a really, really rocky one. Um, so I sold very, I, there was no reluctance in selling. I was very happy to see the company um, have the, the, you know, runway and the tailwinds that it was going to have um, based on the, the acquiree. I transitioned the company over eight months and then I had nothing to do. And that was probably, you know, one of the biggest things is getting off that hamster wheel. Everybody kind of says, oh, Jess, you sold successfully. You can ride off in the sunset. And at 41 years old, I could have. And I soon realized that it was very detrimental. It was not something that I needed to do. But I couldn't identify, again, what it was that was bugging me. And, guys, it was my purpose. You know, there's just kind of this thing in the United States, especially, where you're not supposed to say you're a workaholic. You're not supposed to say that work is kind of your purpose in your life and, and your passion. And mine is. I love to build companies. I love to strategize. I, when, you, when that went away, is like it put a big hole in me. Um, I actually started not feeling well. I went through some really rocky times and my family kind of was even like, mom, we love you. I have a very successful marriage and kids. I'm very blessed, knock on wood, but they were like, we love you, but you have been home more than you've ever been in your life. Now leave. <laughs> <laughs> like quit building spreadsheets for our homework assignments and, um, you know, <laughs> Like I was finding that creativity and, and, you know, building stuff with them unintentionally. And so I did. So I, my old CFO called me and said, hey, Jess, you should go back and teach leaders and leadership teams kind of what you did and how you scaled. And so I did. I've come back and I am a strategic business guide. And the way that I sum it up is I've struggled, I succeeded, and now I want to be significant in other people's lives. And so I rope in with clients and, and leadership teams in particular, large companies, and really just rope in and, and parallel with them everything that I went through and everything I wish I would have known and help them execute on strategy. And then I work with um, individual leaders kind of in some masterminds too. So I, I love being a coach and just grabbing best business practices and bringing it down and saying, here's what I would have done. Nice. That's awesome. And I see, yes, I saw, I, ch I checked out your link in your Instagram bio there. I saw that you have a mastermind group that people can apply for. And I guess those that make the cut can get in there. That's really cool. I love that. Good for you. That's fantastic. Do you do a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching or is it mostly group coaching? I do not do one-on-one -on -one coaching. So what I do now today is I work with leadership teams. Um, and, and like I said, I help, I help companies scale. And I do it through their leadership team. And then I needed a way to work with the individual leader. I don't have time for the one-to-one, -one, so I started the masterminds. And what the masterminds are is a cohort of people from all over the United States um, on Zoom with me where I'm leading content. And then there's an open forum community where you meet people from all over that help you solve problems. I mean, it's extremely powerful from a networking standpoint, from a, you know, just a confidence and an outlet standpoint we all need it and just kind of having that home and that that place to go um, so I found it to be those to be very powerful as well did you know that the best way to help other fempreneurs find this podcast is by following or subscribing if you love these weekly doses of marketing power guess what 
Other fempreneurs are going to love them too, and you have the power to help them find this podcast. Thank you so much for helping us empower more women to build their dream businesses. All right, let's get back to today's episode. Will you please describe your ideal client, like the size of their business, the number of employees, maybe the number of years they've been in business? Kind of describe that that client that you just love working with and you get so excited because you know you're going to be able to just uh, blow their mind with all your awesome stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So from the full service um, leadership team coaching, and great question, thank you. Um, they need to be anywhere north of $8 million in revenue, 5 to $8 million in revenue. They need to have an established leadership team. Um, and they've been in business for a while and they're really ready to execute. They're really ready to have a growth mindset. They're ready to take it to the next level and they just don't know how. Um, they're stuck. Or things are going well, but they just know that they can be better. So that's kind of ideal client for the full service. And then the masterminds, it's really ascending leaders um, in C-level suite um, positions, leading teams who are needing that kind of extra leadership training that can benefit from that type of education that I give. Awesome. Awesome. Let's go back now to your business that you grew. <laughs> Take us back to the beginning phases of that when you were hiring people, firing people, um, you know, really just like throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. Maybe you didn't do it like that, but you know what I mean? Like take us through some of those major challenges or mindset shifts that you had to overcome. Like how did you do it the first time? And then what did you realize and how did you do it the next time? That kind of thing. No, I, I love this question. And I think you're exactly right because I did throw spaghetti against the wall. Right. And I think that that's what people end up doing. And the biggest mistake that I made was this is I was hiring the who and not the what. I didn't have my structure built inside my organization to say what I needed or let the my company, PMDS, tell me what it needed from a structure standpoint where I was able to control what are the you know top obsessions of that seat, what are the top KPIs of that seat. If I had this one seat that did this, you know, what would what would that do to change my life? Had I approached things that way, it would have been a whole hell of a lot easier. Um, instead, I was like, oh, this is who we need, like a who, right? Based on their background, their education, what they've done. Oh, they might be able to benefit us here, here, and here. Not understanding that when I brought them in, they may not be a cultural fit. They may not be a, uh, a productivity fit. They may not be a competency fit. And really kind of spent a lot of inefficiency and a ton of money that I shouldn't have spent because I was approaching it that way. Mm. Had I approached it and when I did start approaching it this way from a structured standpoint of letting the organization tell me what I needed versus the who, life changed. And this is my biggest thing that I teach. Don't hire the who, hire the what, right? Mm. Control it and put it out there in advance, right? So instead of interviewing and asking questions of what you still want to do, right? What have you done in your past? And tell us everything about you. Put out the actual like report card, put out the seat that you're looking to hire. So there are no surprises. And you can ask the question, hey, this is what I'm looking for. Tell me how you're going to help. Mm. How are you going to help me scale? Do you think you can hit those numbers? Tell me how mm. you're going to do it. And that allows you to just kind of see from a high level from competency, culture, how they handle themselves, and you can just stop having the the mishire, right, or the wrong hire, and get the right person in for the the right structure in the organization. Hmm. 
just making a couple notes here for the <laughs> for the podcast title and, and just even for the the caption on Instagram. Um, so you'll run into less competency and culture issues. Is that what you said? Well, you're hiring, yeah, for the structure. You'll be able to see what their competencies are. You can see if they're going to mesh with the culture of the company because you're now you're now being proactive versus reactive in the situation, right? You're mm -hmm. sticking out there and allowing that person to say, here's what I'm going to do for you. Here's how I'm going to help you scale. Here's how I'm going to help you grow your company based on what you've put out there. The yeah. objectives are, are already set. There should be no surprise when they come in. They should right. hit the ground running. So what you were doing more often than before this realization hits you was you were like, oh, I like that person. They seem like a go-getter. I'm going to like create a role for them. Is that kind of what was happening? Yes. Okay. Yes. Or we didn't know, right? We were like, we know we need somebody. Maybe it's a VP of this. I mean, I remember literally calling some of my buddies being like, hey, what do you hire? Like, is it a VP of ops? It is a VP of RCM? <laughs> like, it didn't matter necessarily the title, guys. It mattered what that position was doing. Mm -hmm. So instead of going out and hiring and seeking that high-end VP, we should have been looking at it from a structure standpoint of what the organization needed at the time and go and find that person that could fill that void. Right. Interesting. I love that. I needed to hear that. So thank you. <laughs> um, that's awesome. So, yeah. So I think you've touched on some of the key challenges in growing a business regarding, you know, hiring the right people, which is awesome. We definitely can never hear that enough or in any, in you know, too many different ways. So thank you for that. Um, I know you've got a mastermind group. Would that be the key way that a fempreneur listening to this podcast could kind of engage in your services and learn from you on a regular basis? Or is there something else? I think you've got a quiz on your website. What other kind of resources do you have? Yeah, so the quiz is great. And that's from a leadership team perspective, you know, just to kind of gauge. But yes, I think if you're, you know, kind of that individual leader that's leading a team and sitting in that kind of C-suite type of area and you're looking for, you know, leadership type guidance, um, the mastermind is for you. If you're sitting here listening to this today going, man, I need my, my team needs this, or you're a CEO and an owner going, I need this, mm -hmm. give me a call for the full service. Um, I, I work with a very limited amount of people intentionally because we go deep and I only have three spots open left on the full service. Mm -hmm. um, and the mastermind is a little, you know, is a little more open for us on scalability wise, but yes. Yeah. And you're full service package that includes you and your team of employees that kind of help you execute all that or are you kind of like a Tony Robbins with like the Tony Robbins trainees or are you kind of you are the package deal how does that work I'm the I'm the coach I'm the guide and there are I do have support staff but it's me in a room with your leadership team right and right. I help execute in sessions so you're gonna come and spend some time with me in Texas and we're gonna rip everything apart and figure out all the hairy squiggly things under the rocks that we need to fix and then we're gonna put a customized system operating system um, back together or platform for your organization that you're gonna scale on and climb on and then we meet quarterly and execute on just that cool I have two final questions one back to you know country girl to your roots when you were growing up and you were seeing the operations of the ranch um 
what is there a story you can share with us where you kind of had that aha moment of like oh my god i'm a badass problem solving amazing person where you either <laughs> saw something going wrong maybe you had to point it out to your folks i don't know um where you maybe helped them tweak operations and make more money is there something from your childhood that kind of stands out to you in regards to foreshadowing to your future no, not in particular, other than if you ask my parents, they would tell you I was a gigantic pain in the ass because I was just like a tiger by the tail. I, they couldn't, you know, I was just constantly on the go. Um, I was constantly wanting to do things. Um, there was a lot of energy that needed to be harnessed there. So, no, nothing in particular that just said, you know, hey, I'm going to be good at this. Um, just was always a go-getter, and I was fearless. Like, just nothing really scared me. And I was always doing things that I had never done before or had experience in. Um, I was one of the first athletes in my high school to um, go on to a Division One full ride scholarship, athletic scholarship. Uh, from there, I went on, and I mean, I ended up in school teaching uh, fourth grade for that. I mean, and I came from pushing cows and fixing barbed wire fences and you know spending time in the mountains, and then from there, I ended up in healthcare. So like my journey never made sense like it you look back and most people would be like whoa <laughs> we can't figure her out <laughs> but it was just that pioneering nature right it just was being on a ship a dark night no compass didn't scare me i was like man i want to do it and i think i can do this so i think that it was just it was just that uh, passion and grit inside of me okay and now if you could take us back 10 years ago so from today 10 year younger you what would you tell her <laughs> oh get out of your own damn way <laughs> get out of your own um it's all no here's what i would tell myself it's going to be okay there were just times so many times that um i i was so so scared, right? Was I making the right moves? I was living in this world that nobody had um, done before in my family, for example. I didn't really have a ton of fallback on that to just go, God, am I doing the right things? And so if I could just tell my 10, you know, 10 years ago, it's like, hey, not only is it going to be okay, it's going to be really okay. You know, you're going to hit it out of the park and you're going to do something that most people never achieve. Nice. That's incredible. And, um, your 10 year younger self, what is that? Can you tell us a story? Uh, maybe you can tell us about a mentor, someone that came into your life and kind of got you going in the right direction when you were yeah. feeling a little bit like, what? Yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's a great story. Um, I was willing to give my company away, guys. I was so stressed. I was done with the day-to-day -day operations. I was done with the failures. I was done with the bumping my head against the wall and I just hadn't figured out how to be that effective leader yet and I think the best thing I did guys was get a coach I got a coach and um, I, I do I still talk to him today uh, and not only was he a great mentor to me but I was in one of his peer groups kind of like a mastermind for seven years the other thing that I did that I found was very very impactful is I surrounded myself with an advisory board this is a volunteer type position and these were friends of high high caliber i mean i i had zero intimidation that i wasn't as big as them yet or i hadn't accomplished those types of goals i was actually um they they inspired me and so it was like an aspirational thing for me to surround myself with people i wanted to eventually become 
And so, you know, surround yourself with people that are going to change your life. I love that. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time to share that immense amount of wisdom that you just poured out. I really appreciate you. And just now that I know you and we're connected and, you know, hopefully many fempreneurs, um, you know, connect with you on Instagram. Are you hanging out on LinkedIn more than other places or what's your main kind of social channel that you hang out most on? Yeah, LinkedIn is really where we're, you know, probably more of our target type clients are at and um, where we, we tend to be really busy there. And I put a lot of videos out um, social media wise, though, LinkedIn and Facebook, um, or excuse me, Instagram and Facebook were there. Um, but a lot of my impactful stuff and, and you know, um, things, letters or blogs that we write, type of stuff like that is found on LinkedIn. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure to link to your LinkedIn in the show notes. I would um, love to. I would love that. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to leave Femprinters with or anything? Final thoughts, comments? You know what? women rock the world so we are <laughs> we are unique individuals and trust me i'm 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 not a man hater i'm a man lover but we are unique creatures because of what we can do inside of our brain and the way we compartmentalize and the way we can do things and so we are women kind of hear us roar do not be afraid guys to step out there have the courage to do what it takes have the courage to make a change um that you're you're going to be fine so just go that. do it. I love that. Just do it. All right. Just well, thanks, Jess. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And I hope to see you again someday. Maybe I'll be down in Texas. I'll come visit you. I would love that. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye, guys. Hello, Fempreneurs. This is Laura, producer of the Fempreneur Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to hang out with Lindsay and I and other women like you, head over to femteen.com. We'd love to help you grow your business. Talk to you soon. Bye for now.